welcome back to Pour Me a Class, episode 19. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Anyways, I'm Annabelle. And I'm Feli. And this week, we're really stepping outside of our comfort zones because... Very. <laughs> very outside. We're nervous. Um, we thought about social contractualism. And if you don't know what that is, don't worry, we didn't really either, but... We'll define um, everything. We'll, we'll as like, we we'll understand, talk. they're um, not dictionary definitions. No. Well, like I, I don't know. I think we cited credible sources, but essentially, it's all about what we owe each other, you know, social contracts, kind of how you exist in the world. Very like philosophical, deep stuff, but it not like crazy intellectual. Like this is no. philosophy for dummies because we're the yes. dummies. <laughs> Yeah. Well, just and we kind of tie it in like a more personal, relatable aspect yeah. of life. So lots of pop culture references. <laughs> Very easy to follow. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> let's let us let us get into it. Dude, it's getting so cold. I feel like I mean I was in DC this past weekend, and then like there was a huge storm on Saturday. Yeah. And me and Vina almost made it home. We had like 10 minute more walk and then it just started pouring and obviously we got rain on. We were saying every time we travel together, oh, we I just saw always get... Story. It was so sad. It was so funny. <laughs> I know. So we went home, showered and watched Love Island for the whole afternoon. Oh my God. And then we, we were going to go to like a nice like dinner and like get drinks. But I think I was just like so hungover the day before and then... I was like, this is going to be a relaxing weekend. Oh, yeah, you guys look like you were partying. Like, oh my God, it was too much. And everyone had work the next day. So it's like not. Did you have work too? Oh yeah, everyone had work. So there was like no excuses. But I'd only do it for Tsunami. Shout out to our <laughs> household DJs. <laughs> That's actually really cool. No, it was really cool and like a big deal for him. So, yeah, it was I, exciting. I, damn, like it looks like it was a pretty full. No, it was all his friends. Oh really? <laughs> it was so funny because we we're the first in line, and it was like us, like college friends, and then right after it's his high school friends, and then it's like his sister and her friends. Wait, did you go to Jack Harlow? No, because I was scared of getting COVID. Okay, that's fair. But I can't believe Jack Harlow went. Also, like, I'm not, like, the biggest <gasps> fan. Like, <sighs> if I went, the only song I would have known is okay, What's fine. Maybe Tyler Hero. Okay, okay. That's like, fair. Yeah, no, it's like not maybe, worth I don't, it. Like, I just don't listen. Okay, I feel like I, I don't know. I, I understand the hype. I get it. He's, like, ugly <laughs> hot. His, I'm dead. I, I, I saw a few clips. I do have to say, like, from what I saw, he's a very charismatic dude. Yeah, he's like, a good performer. Man knows how to tell a story. And he, like, he knows how to work a crowd. Like, he, like, I feel like, um, based on, like, past performances I've seen, like, I feel like he's one of the only artists who, like, incorporated the school into Actually, his performance. That you know what I mean? True. Like, he told stories that were specific to our school. He was like, I see all you doctors out there. And I was like, okay, I've been neglected, but... He, like, talked about nurses and doctors and, like... Yeah, he was so conversational, um, I feel like. Like, I don't know. 
he was very conversational. Okay, not that, not that I was there, but like Soup Daddy 69. Me and Vita were watching Love Island the whole time. We were so pissed yeah, off. I, we were like, I can't believe he's there right now. Like, oh, I watched the live. I was oh, watching we the were live. too. Because first of all, the, yeah, the, the line started at like 3 p.m. The doors opened at 6. Like, I'm sorry. I'm okay, not going to wait crazy. that long. Okay? Like, if it was, like, Frank Ocean, I would camp out the night before. I really would. That's why we had the budget to get fucking Frank Ocean. They got post Yeah, I, I was the posty year, I guess. My freshman year. But he uh, was not that good. He was I high got, the whole okay. time. Like, he literally forgot his lyrics on stage. And this was before, like, he got <laughs> that big. But I can't believe they got drag harlow because he's like huge now oh fetty wop didn't show up oh <laughs> that was so random yeah. I was like, okay don't don't you have like a private jet but okay i guess you missed it private yeah, jet. i think i think i just like i don't know i just like i feel really bad it's like i'm i'm just not, not a huge fan so i was like eh and lead and go um i i don't know i just like i i would not have turned up as hard i know for my freshman year we had earth gang who I know a lot of people didn't know, but I was actually a really big fan. So I had a really good time freshman year. But I know nobody knew who they See, were. I, ha- I haven't gone to these concerts for like the longest time, except for my freshman lie, year. Yeah, so today. I've been... That was My newest pastime is like watching the makings of like various albums on YouTube. Because sometimes they, they do oh. like hour-long dissections on like the background, what they were feeling, like why they felt compelled to, like, I guess, make the music they did. Um, so, yeah. That would be cool to so watch. I, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of that recently. Where I forgot where I was going with this. I was going somewhere with this. And Emma's version of concert. I was li- oh, so I was looking at fucking, like, tour dates because I, I wanted to go to a concert. I'm still so mad that I missed Kanye's Donda listening party. I know. You should just be an OC and just go to concert yourself. I'm scared to go to a Kanye People concert do alone. That, but I'm like scared Kanye, too. I can't do that. Oh yeah, that would I be. I feel. I would feel so insane. Like maybe like a chill. Like, like if it's like an indie one, artist, like, I absolutely oh would God. would be down. Yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. At like the Mercedes Benz Stadium by myself at like 12 a.m. in the morning. I don't think that's a good idea. <sighs> okay, I feel like we should. Go to the topics that I. Have. I'm so nervous about this. Okay, I'm, me I feel too. like I me was too. like studying for exam. <laughs> Dude, okay. I literally started watching the Good Place I, for this. Oh, I like. I've watched. I the know show, you like, love the times, show, so I didn't feel compelled to. But I was reading like scholarly articles. No, wait, uh, I literally I, like tried reading the book too. I like started. Oh, I, I did not like, read the was book. Was he saying? I don't. I, I don't have enough time to read the book right now. Let's just. Oh no no no! Like, I'm realizing like these like this takes a lot of work. Like I have so much respect for anybody who does like video essays on YouTube just because. Um. Okay, let's just like talk about what we're gonna talk about first. So, I really like The Good Place, and if you watch The Good Place any and like any capacity, you would know they reference to. Uh, social contractualism a lot more specifically um it's like it's like a modern philosophy term that's um coined by tm scanlon but he wrote a book called what we owe to each other yeah so he wrote a book what we owe to each other and i think a lot of the good place um was like based like i know they they mentioned a lot of other philosophers but i think at the core of it 
that was like what mattered to them the most. I think a lot of the last episode like centered around the notion of like social contractualism and like as human beings on this planet, like haha, like do we have we like all signed a social contract of some sort? But because this is philosophy, <laughs> I'm fucking scared. Um, this is like very academic, which I guess is like very preface this. We were we don't study philosophy. We don't. We I'm like are not. I, I, I don't even think I can call myself an enthusiast. I just no. Like I said, I have not read the book. I'm just very interested. So I guess like this is like dummy's take of social contractualism. Yeah. Welcome to dummy's version. <laughs> we're learning as we go. I've literally like. like this been is to so watch the good place and listen to a bunch of like podcasts about it and articles. It is an interesting concept and like, I mean, I'm gonna be annoying and say that like I did learn this in business law. <laughs> we the whole oh one my whole God. section is on contracts, and so I'm just gonna say that like, it is so interesting like legally how contracts work because if you think about it. Even in our marriage episode, we were saying, like, marriage it is such a, a legal relationship thing because it's based on a legally binding contract you have to agree on. And, oh, yeah, my friend was telling me the other day how... I, uh, I don't remember if this was a true story or from a show, <laughs> but this, like, in-law of this couple who are about to get married, like, who didn't sign a prenup or anything... And on the wedding day when she was, like, walking down the aisle, like, stopped them and was, like, you need to sign a prenup before you, like, legally get married. Like, yeah, I, I see this. on the aisle. I see this, like, all the time now. Like, that regardless of your, like, financial situation at the time you get married, regardless of, like, anything, you should sign a prenup because... Yeah. To protect yourself. Yeah, yeah. They're saying it's not like, it's not like you don't love your, like, partner or whatever. It's just, like, to... I don't know. I guess, like, our trust in each other. Okay, Sad. I don't think it's about trust. I just think, I don't know. I, I don't know, like, when prenups started becoming, like, a very big thing, though. I just know that. That's true. I've really heard about it in the recent years of, like, people saying, like, make sure you send a prenup. Like, make sure you no, really draw a No, is it Addie Wong, like, just like, fucked up now seems really in her strange. marriage? Because, like... Because, like, I always thought... I don't know, I, I don't know yeah. enough to say about this, but... Yeah, no, I think... She, it's either they got divorced or Wait, she can't get a divorce because, like, they didn't properly do something and, like... Well, I, don't, I didn't know that. I don't... I don't think they got a divorce. I don't, th- I don't, I don't think they got a divorce. But I, she definitely had, had... But I think she's, like, paying all the debt or something. Yeah. Or no, she definitely made a joke about it in one of her sets that she makes more money now, I think. Oh, she definitely does. <laughs> Like, her husband, but she was, like, my husband is, like, a Harvard-graduated um, businessman. But and she she's, money. like, pregnant, trying to raise a kid, like, write a fucking book, and... I think she has two kids. Know. She did oh, both God. of her comedy specials while she was pregnant. Yeah, I, I really liked her sets, like, Baby Cobra and the other one. Fuck, I forgot the name, but I think they're actually really funny. Anyways. Anyways. Fuck. Contracts, I think fundamentally it's just usually like an exchange of like i guess in basic terms like goods and services but i think in this sense we're talking about kind of relationships and how like humans are connected in a contractual way sounds really weird but if you really think about it everything is contractual yeah 
well, maybe not like in a legally binding way, but I think that's what he's referring to with a social contract. So before we get into, I don't know, I guess the nuanced layers of like social contractualism and like everything else, maybe we should like define the terms. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so T.M. Scanlon is a modern day philosopher, like, you know, like luminary thinker. He taught at Harvard. And so he wrote the book, like we mentioned before, what we owe to each other. And loosely, you can call that the morality of right and wrong. And essentially, what he's arguing is that, you know, we kind of all live in this world where there's like a contract of like, we should be like, nice to each other. But like, why should we be nice to each other? And why do we follow these rules that are set? And how morality is like a very relative kind of concept to those around us. So if you're surrounded by, I guess, morally good people, you're automatically more morally good and if you're surrounded by people who are like morally looser I guess automatically you would be less like bounded to the social contract and he said like to act morally is to abide by principles that no one could reasonably reject so I guess like murder (laughs) I think we could all (laughs) reasonably reject murder (laughs) so stuff like that um yeah so I think it's more nuanced in a way where it's like yes there's stuff that we can all agree are good and bad but there are also things that is measured by people, whether it's morally right or wrong. And he's saying that there's, I guess, like, there's no, like, a correct skill because it's just by who you're surrounded by and what they define as right or wrong. And I guess, like, there's a massive gray area, or but... Like, I guess, in a way, social contracts is, like, returning favors to each other, almost. It's like, oh, because you've treated me like this, I guess I will treat you like that. So, like, where does the, um, like, selfless kindness come in? Like, how, like, is there selfless kindness in in this world? Or are people kind because, one, they're, I don't know, religious and they believe in heaven. Or, two, they like the image of being nice or like three they're just like manipulative sons of bitches the concept of it right the idea of being nice but what do you think do you think selfless kindness is a true like do you think that exists what i what a what a great question um i think i am very idealistic and i like i don't know maybe some people out there in the world in some remote corner really is like selflessly kind but I also really do think that like his his argument of like it really depends on the environment you're in like has a lot of merit because the whole like idea of the good place is that like four very shitty people came together and because mutually they all wanted to get better they were able to achieve selfless kindness in the end so I feel like the entirety of the four seasons is talking about how, like, like okay, out of the four people, two people are, like, very shitty, and the other two are, like, somewhat shitty. So one, like, Chidi was, like, unable to make decisions, and Tahani is, like, not selfless kindness, but kindness for social merit. So, okay, I guess, like, that covers a lot of bases. Like, you see, like, it's a really, really well-written fucking show. No, it is. Yeah, so, like, you know, you have, like, these two people who, like, believe they have the moral high ground, and these two people who are, like, literal like, you know, like, um, Eleanor calls herself an Arizona trash bag. So 
and then somehow out of the four of them, like in a collective environment, even though it's through like a very, very long period of time, they achieve like selfless kindness because at the end, like spoiler, fucking alert, I guess. But like, you know, they're, they're told that they can take the next step to the afterlife after they've gotten to the good place and like they can, you know, essentially, I guess like be one with the world. And like Eleanor has to let Chidi go, even though she was still like wanting to spend more time with him. And that's like selfless kindness because she has nothing to prove at that point. It's it's like for her to get him to stay would be selfish. But so she she does achieve that. So I guess the long-winded answer is I think it's possible. But in the conditions we live in in this world, it's very difficult. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. No, I would say something. <laughs> this reminds me of just like Squid Game because I've recently watched it. And one of the questions I wrote down was like, is Squid Game morally right or wrong? Because like I think that show is so blown up right now because it's kind of like Parasite where it draw on a lot of like social economic yeah. issues that's happening in Korea, but also I guess like relevant to a lot of East Asian countries and just like how the wealth the wait the wealth gap right in Korea is like the largest in the world I think, and you can really see that in like Parasite obviously and Squid Game as well, and. Yeah, I think all of these people, as we can see in the show, can be selfless. Kind. I don't want to spoil either, because this one specific episode that was so fucking sad was like just digging, digging into the characters. And oh, their was stories it the and... marbles one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, whoever hasn't watched it, skip, skip, skip. But come back to it after you're done. But literally, that whole episode was just like deep conversations yeah. and talking about like their personal lives and you literally have to choose a person to not live anymore based yeah. on like how worthy you are to survive in this society yeah and i think all these people throughout the show you can see that like they're genuinely there for good it just made mistakes on the way based on circumstances of how like society is structured today so I would say it is very... I don't think there is a place ever right now that can everyone be selfless. Yeah, because the, the world isn't conditioned for us to be right. selfless. It's, um, but like, I know we've mentioned this before, but I guess the whole point is like, even in a fucked up society, you still get to choose to live to the best of your ability. So like, I guess if you surround yourself in like a morally... But that's, like, also hard to do, you know? I just feel like there's so many, like, barriers to cross in order to be kind. Because I, like, I remember, um, fuck, like, I, this just exposes me and how many, like, how the good place is, like, literally my comfort show. I've watched that shit so many times. There was, like, so, so um, like, I don't know, like, in the later seasons, they, they were dissecting, like, they figured out, they're like, oh my gosh, like, nobody's getting to the good place. And why is that? Like, are humans really that evil? So they, like go for the records, blah, 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 like a bunch of like filler shit. And then they, they pull out an example and it was like this guy bought his mom roses. And you would think that is a good action, right? Finally, that's a great action. You give your mom flowers, like that should be plus points if you want to be like as simple as plus and minus points. But that actually earned him like minus points because he got flowers that were grown with pesticide. Um, the flower shop, like, the delivery service for the flower shop CEO had a sexual harassment case. And then he ordered the flowers on a phone that was, you know, out of child labor. And there were, like, so many other examples like that. So it kind of, um, so there are, like, I guess, hurdles 
but right. you see what I, like, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many like hurdles to be good, but these are also not things like I guess you consider in daily life. Like I'm sure that no, and phone I'm using is like, yeah, I mean, I've struggled with this like the past like year or so, I guess, because I guess a lot of people shit on people for buying fast fashion, right? There's like a very easy example, but it's also like, yes, you shouldn't buy fast fashion because you're supporting like people who like don't care about like social rights and good worker conditions and everything. But at the same time, it's like the world makes it so hard that no, not everyone can afford properly made clothing. So whose responsibility is it? Is it us or companies? But also companies are there to make profit. So is it actually their responsibility? You know, there's so many layers to it. And I was going to say like COVID became like a political issue, obviously, yeah. in the U.S. Because I get, I don't know, it became a racial issue. Like anti-Asian hate became Chinese virus somehow, even though this whole, I can go on about this because I took a class on it in Endro, but Lol, like we're, we're doing Asian the American. U.S. is blaming China yeah. for like having bad, at, at this point we don't even know where COVID came from, so I'm just making an assumption based on like what we know, but it's like you are supporting importing things from China, so you also can blame China for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I was like, just speaking of that, I think it's really funny how, like, people always, like, oh, made in China is, like, so cheap and so bad. But then, like, if you raise the prices, it's also, But literally like, everything, like, like, you import. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's valid to criticize China in a way. God, if, like, the Chinese government hears this, I'm never going to be allowed back in the country and I still need to see my parents. Um, <laughs> I think, like, not to say... Like, Trump took a very, very, like, disgustingly aggressive stance towards China. Um, And, like, there were valid criticisms he could have made that would have, like, Mm -hmm. you know, allowed for critical thinking. Like, China's censorship of, like, mass media. China's, like, you know, human rights problem. Like, there are valid things you could have actually criticized instead of saying, like, China virus. And, like, um, Asian people are just, like, fucking dirty. Like, it's not like there's nothing wrong with China. Like, there's, like issues that you could actually have like dived into that They're, could have encouraged uh, all conversations countries have issues yeah like it's it was just so strange that like like i clearly they didn't want to like attack china i i do think the west is a little scared because um china's rise is like immensely quick and um it's something i don't think people have like expected in the past decade it's all of a sudden it's like holy shit like w- like what happened um, so it almost seemed like he was trying to, like, suppress, like, the rise of that, but he, like, took such a weird fucking stance. Like, why, especially if you know you're, like, the president and your words have, like, you know, a certain level of impact, and you, you choose to go about that with China virus. Like, okay. <laughs> I guess, okay, like, what? What's the point? But also just, like, the whole mask thing and, like, yeah. vaccine just became so, like, oh, it's wrong to get it because of blah, blah, blah. It's right to get it, blah, blah, blah. And I just feel like if you think about it, the whole idea of, like, social contract is also such a political issue. Yeah, see, that's, like, so interesting. Because people expect to, like, benefit from the other party. The world could have easily, right, like, just have everyone's 
interest in mind and try to find the right solution and compromise. But also there's like, you have your self-interest, like national interest, obviously. So it's hard to actually... I guess like this is what the gray area is because to us, not getting vaccinated is almost like, you know, you could pass the disease onto someone and potentially killing them. Um, so to us, that's like a very black and white, like totally understandable. But I guess to those people, it really is great for them. Like, I think it's important to understand it from like their perspective as well. I don't want to just like, 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 I think we understand like, you know, to us, but to them, maybe they think they're being morally right. You know, I, I'm sure they think they're right. morally right. I, I'm sure. Like in their community yeah, too. Yeah, so it's that's, such an echo yeah, I guess that's also like the circle you surround yourself with theory he was talking about. Like to them, they must think they're like crusading for the true morality in America and like freedom, et cetera. So like, you know, like, so like when, when the issue is not as simple as like killing someone or like robbing someone. Yeah. It's not so black and white. Yeah. It becomes a little like convoluted and like, that's not to say I don't fucking support vaccines. I got vaccinated. Okay. Just before anybody like tries to come for me. Um, But I I do think it's, it's kind of important to also like, look at what they're saying. Because what I'm, I'm doing, like, what I'm doing in Asian American history is, like, we're kind of dissecting, like, why are there so many Republicans in the Asian community when it seems mm. like their party doesn't have any, like, of our interests at heart? Oh, yeah, I've had this conversation, Yeah, too. and, you know, a lot of those roots can be traced back to, to the Vietnam War, because I don't know if you know, but um, at the Capitol riot, there were a lot of Vietnam flags flying there, actually. Mm. So, to them, like, communism is horror and socialism is horror. So any, like, you know, and they have a lot of, like, trauma from being in a country where, you know, that was the norm and that was what they technically, I guess, the U.S., like, they escaped out of and they were, like, refugees in this country. And um, so back then, immigration was actually a Republican value. It wasn't a Democratic value. That was, like, a shift that happened over the years. This is actually really useful. I just talked about this in class today. Um, But, you know, we we were talking about how like, a lot of those, like, older generation Asian people, they don't, like, believe in Republicans because they really believe in everything they say per se, but it's because whenever they see anything remotely socialist, which is what some of the democratic values are, they, like, immediately are, like, no. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah. So, yeah. you you know what I mean? So, it, it becomes, like, really interesting when you kind of, like, listen to the backstory, because, like, you can't blame them for right. that. It's it's so horrible. No, you can't. But, like, at the same time, like, from our perspective, it's like, what the fuck? Like, how can you, how can you support a party that, like, persecutes your own, not persecutes, but, like, you know, has laid down, like, some of the terrible foundations for, like, the hate that, that, that is happening right now. So, like, it's a very, like, great issue, but that, that's not really social contractualism. That's, I guess... I don't know what that is. I, it's just, like, that's why it's so bipolar right now, right? Like, the echo chamber in communities are so different that it just... It just no one's hearing each other, and I think because you're expecting, in the contractual way, you're expecting, like, a benefit. You, you need something out of giving something. And so I think that's the problem not necessarily a problem, but, like, the interesting idea behind this is just, like, there needs to be an exchange of something yeah. generally. And I think, like, I guess it's harder to see this on a national level. Like, we can talk more about, like, our personal lives. I think 
with families, obviously, I would say most nuclear families that we, like, are talking about would be, like, selfless kindness. Because, yeah, I guess in, like, East Asian family, too. That's, like, a value that's a we really grew up with. Like, that's a really good point. It's really easy to be selflessly kind to your family to or people. People close to yeah. you. Yeah. It becomes much yeah. harder when it's, like, a larger scale because you, you think you don't owe them shit. Yeah, larger scale. I think it's really easy for us If you're to, not, you don't see the measurable benefit back, why why should you sacrifice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I think that's, like, a, the big concept. Like, I think most of us think, like, we don't owe each other shit, which is, like, true. Mm. In a lot of ways, we don't owe each other anything. Like... I don't know, like, I don't owe an, an explanation to anybody, like, why I do certain things or et cetera. But, like, I think we kind of forget the basic kindness is owed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or is that, like, expecting too much? Or, yeah. Because I feel like the idea of, like, owing something is, like, a point system. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I so I'm, I'm been reading A Little Life, which is a heavy, heavy book, and I'm almost done. And honestly, like, the last chapter, it's so well-written just because I also don't want to spoil the book, <laughs> but... Oh, because I do want to read no, it. No, like, I, everyone should read this book. It's really hard, but I think it just outlines such a beautiful kind of relationship and someone who has gone through, like, traumatic experience. But basically, um, the main character, Jude, he was adopted by his, like, law professor in college, because he's like, was like adopted orphan from childhood. Um, but in the, I'm like on the last chapter of the book, and he's like super old, and he's like healthy wise, he's not doing very well, and he always needs help from from someone. And his like dad, I guess, said like, you you don't owe me anything. Like you, like I know you feel bad if like I do something for you, but you don't owe me yeah. anything. Like actually and it was really hard for like Jude to grasp because he's not his biological dad and so obviously in those situations it's like you feel like you owe you owe them on a familial level just because it's not like a traditional family relationship but yeah I found that interesting because it was like do you owe them something like do I owe my parents stuff I mean I think I owe my parents Maybe that's a personal thing, but I, I don't know. I think I do. Like, yeah. I, okay, maybe, like, I, I don't know. I think I treat most people based on, like, like, I I would think, not that I owe them something, but that gets really hard to, like, describe, but. Yeah, you should reciprocate. I wouldn't say owing is the right word. Or, like, I, I, I think even if the other person doesn't reciprocate like obviously I'm not a fucking idiot and I wouldn't be like that nice every time but I always think like it's on me to be nice you know it's not like on them or like anything else it's on me and if they they're not nice to me like that's fine um like I'll make a little mental note but it's fine like they you know like I think maybe my mindset is like they don't owe me shit but like I, I think it's it's still on me to like make the best effort on my part, which may sound really stupid. Yeah, no, no, no. I feel like that's the standard I want to be at, and 
Uh, I think it, this is an ego thing for everyone. Like, obviously, everyone wants to be nice. Like, I would believe that everyone wants to be kind. But I think for me personally, it's, it's an ego thing because it's like, why should I be the one who is nice and not get anything back? You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like. No, no, no. Like, I think that's really fair because I would make a note too. Like, if I was like. You know, right. like, maybe once, right. like, like, you're just, just having an off day, but, like, three times, I'd be, like, right. what a fucking bitch. Like, I'm not above saying that, you know? Right. Um, or, like, people who, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes people just do rub you the wrong way. And, like, I, <laughs> like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm perfect. But I, I, I hope people I've interacted with would, would think that I set, like, a good precedence. And my mom was always like, you're too nice. You're going to get fucking taken advantage of, which, like, probably is going to happen. But That's also another thing. Yeah. Getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. I'm like, if I do, like, at least it was, like, a good circumstance on my part, you know? Like, at least I know my intentions. And that's good enough for me for some of the situations. Obviously not all of them because – you know, if it was, like, a big situation I got taken advantage of, I'd be really, really bad. Really bad. Um, stuff, but, <laughs> like, I think for my peace of mind, maybe, like, I'm selfish that I want my peace of mind, but I think for me, at least, like, even if they're a stranger, I think it's my responsibility. Yeah. Cause, like, that's a little progress yeah. you can make. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember we sparked this whole conversation because I, I was telling you about that time. I held the door open for someone and they didn't say thank you. And it's a joke. I was like, I was walking with my, like my best friend and I was like, oh my God, like, why didn't she thank you? Like, she said thank you. But I, I was fully joking. Like, I wasn't really like, oh my God, like she held the door open for her and she didn't fucking say thank you. Like, that's so <laughs> shitty. No, like, I, I was joking. And she was like, why does she need to say thank you? Like, she just oh you shit. And I was like, hmm, that reminds me. <laughs> that's fair. I was like, that's really fair. <laughs> But yeah, um, obviously like, I always say thank you, but like it's I don't I can't expect anybody else to do that. But like that also got me to think like, what do we owe each other? Like what level of um, social politeness do we owe like people even we don't know at all? Like what is where do we draw the line? Where do we like think it's necessary to do all of that? Right. No, I, that's interesting because. For me, if it's complete strangers, I feel more of a responsibility to be more socially polite because I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know yeah. how your date's going. I don't know, like, if you're going through a lot of shit at home, like, who, who knows? knows? Like, everyone's doing, everyone's on their path every day. So the least you could do is just, like, just be nice. Like, <laughs> literally just say thank you and it's not a big deal. And I also feel like we grew up being forced to do that yeah. so it's like a natural it's instinct it is my natural to be instinct. extra polite like literally sometimes I talk to people here and I like bow like a little I'm like oh yeah thank I'm you I'm always like sorry thank you sorry sorry well like I cross the road and the car stop I'm like thank you <laughs> no I was I'm always like holding up my hand I'm like thank you I'm like oh my god please thank you like raise your hand when you cross the street but like see that also I mean, makes I me like, a little worried like are we reinforcing like the fucking Asian women stereotype model minority like not oh even model minority but like asian women no but asian women specifically yeah. like are we reinforcing that whole double whammy like that yeah. whole image you know like being quiet and just being polite like being demure and like 
Mm -hmm. That's so gross. See, like, whenever I'm nice, yeah, like, I feel bad. I'm like, oh. No, I feel like that's one of the reasons why I was like, okay, we we should start the podcast because obviously so much went through our head where it's like, should we? Like, is that too much? Like, people are going to hear us talk about, like, controversial things. Which I don't usually do at all. Like, if you knew me in, like, middle school, high school, like, I was the quietest person. I would oh, never, like, I I really talk about my college. opinions. Oh, that's interesting. I got really quiet I think college. I'm the opposite. I think if you talk to people in my high school, they'd be like, yeah, Annabelle, like, I know her. She's, like, the person whose voice... Always talks. She, you can hear her voice, like, down the hall. Like, you don't even need to ask her where she is. She's, like, walk okay. through the hall, and you can just find her voice. Like, I, I think I got really quiet in college. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. It's like a lot bigger environment. Yeah. I'm, but I think college kind of gave me that clean slate where it's like, no one knows who I am. Like, I'm literally I scared to speak in class, which is terrible, but I'm scared. Oh, yeah. I hate, I mean, that's that's a different thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Like, I, I, I people who can like, just speak all the time, I'm like, where where how it's an imposter syndrome thing for like asian women though at least for me coming mm. to the u.s first of all like, was a huge I, step like, already i would have answers and then i would think them and then like, ah, i shouldn't say it that question what myself. if it's stupid and then someone would say the same yeah. thing and i'm like oh maybe i wasn't stupid <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes i would think a thing and the person would say like something completely different i'm like oh so i was stupid you know like and i'm like yeah. Do I want to take that chance? I don't want to be known right. as like. I feel like people are really quick to judge in the B it's, school. Like they really are. I think especially when they know that you're in marketing concentration, they're very quick to put the label of like. Uh, I don't know, like dumb, on you. So I, I was like, yeah, oh, I don't want to be known as like the dumb marketing girl. That's so fair though. Yeah, I really just like diverged topic again. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Do you want to talk about the trolley problem? Was that worth? Oh, yes. Wait, did you ever play this game? No. With us? No, you didn't? Dude, I'm the Fuck. most indecisive oh, bitch on this planet. Like, I would... We would not be playing. You'd be so overwhelmed. I would just be having no, but... a monologue with myself for 10 minutes before I make any decisions. <laughs> no, it's, like, such a fast game. But I didn't know this was based on this concept. But basically, me, my friend Colin... He, like, brought this random-ass game one time, and then he was like, let's play it. Um, it's called Trial by Trolley Game, an adult card game of moral dilemmas and murder. So, basically, the I think that I didn't know this was the story behind yeah, it, but the trolley basically, problem. there's this, like, the trolley problem. Is it okay to flip a switch so a trolley hits and kills one person instead of five? And so, basically, it's like a... Dilemma, it's a moral where it's like, should the numbers count? Like, should you, like, just save more people, or should you like go for one person who's like, yeah, more they did like um, an episode of this in the Good Place, and like, <gasps> oh my god, they didn't just do, they didn't just do one person versus five. What if the one person was your boss? No, 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 this, that's yeah, the right. Like, there's so many it's variations. So funny. They did an episode. I was so, and then they like, they did another concept where it was like, what if you were a surgeon? And you had five dying people on the table that needed organ transplants. And there was one healthy janitor outside. Do you kill him and give his organ to the five people? That's fucked up. It's so fun. Wait, I'm going to find an example because I like definitely saved it. 
It was the funniest thing. I loved how the game was designed too, just like the characters in it. Do you win? Is there winning? Yeah, we you can like structure the games like as you want. Oh my god. One of the cards was like, oh those awful kids from Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Die. And then the and there's like an action is a character card and an action card. So you like the goal of the game for us, for example, it's like the side the side of the trolley that is like you wanna be killed that then you win a point. And so the action was like doesn't cover their mouth when they cough. <laughs> Immediately. So funny. Immediately. Loud killed. chewers. Immediately. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Please cover your mouth when you cough. Is the point. <laughs> Bro, loud chewers. Anyway, this was such a fun game, but yeah, the idea is like the more dilemma aspect. Which is just so interesting because it's like, yeah, is it more of like the numbers of people who are alive that you should be saving and you don't decide whether they're good people or not because that's on your moral standard, not necessarily like where they came from or you, for example, you could think it's like morally fine, right? Or do you choose the person who's like, like powerful and doing good things in the world instead of 10 other people who are just normal people. But I guess you can also argue, like, there is no normal people. Like, normal right. people, they have to be significant to someone. See, this is why I would be really bad at that game. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What if they do something? Because there is, like, the card that's, like, your mom. Yeah. Your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're brutal. <laughs> I'd be so yeah. bad at this. Right. And I feel like majority of the time I would choose if there was like a family, obviously family, over like even like the superhero or like people who like they have actions like, oh, they're going to save the world or something. But it's like for me, I don't think that's for me to decide. Yeah. Either. I don't Even though decide. they would potentially save more people in the future. Oh, yeah. that game sounds like such a headache for me. I'm like I know, I feel literally like just like sweating, sitting about in the it. corner, like <laughs> <laughs> literally sits in the corner. I don't know. <laughs> but like, okay, you know it what? Is. I don't think I'm as like crippled as Cheaty was in the in the in the series. Like, he couldn't decide between um, two muffins. Okay, I can always decide between two muffins. That's a no problem. <laughs> But the trolley thing involves food. The trolley thing. I don't know. I don't know. This whole contractualism thing is like very deep. Um, but I think I honestly we don't understand even. Like I think yeah. I think this is more like a discussion than like an education sort of situation. But um, I think like if you really want a basic understanding, if you're even like interested in philosophy in any capacity. You should watch The Good Place. Like, I was not interested in philosophy at all when I was watching it. I was just like, oh, what happens after you're dead? What a cool concept. Yeah. So I watched it. They made it really well. I thought it was so smart. They ended after four seasons. Like, it it was very smart. Um, But I don't know. Like, I I was just so in love with, like, the character development. Like, Mm -hmm. it was so good. But 
I think yeah. one of the... I'm not into sitcoms. Yeah. But even I think it's I'm, really I'm good. I'm very into sitcoms. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. I think, like, a final quote kind of sums up, like, contractualism well. Like, in a very, like, contractualism or, like, just philosophy in general for dummies kind of situation. So, like... Like we said, haha, Eleanor was like a trash bag in Arizona. Like, we're talking about a person who, like, the way they wrote her was like, did not give a shit about other people. Like, you know how, okay, so they, they, they what, one of the examples they brought up was like, you know, when you go to a bar, like, one of you would be a designated driver. And, you know, like, everybody would be the oh, designated driver once. And that's like, in a way, a social contract. Um, you know, you're contracting that you would drive. I don't know. You get the point. Um, and then Eleanor would never put her name in. Like that's, she was like a shitty person. But they were like, she was like the, the, the papers and the um whatever. She like ate the papers because her name wasn't in it. Like we're talking about this person. And at the end, um, when they could choose to uh like, you know, go through the door and like disappear forever and like materialize, um, you know, like all of their friends were leaving and there was only Chidi and Eleanor left, and they were like, Oh, like in love, very cute, haha. And then, you know, one day, Eleanor senses that Chidi, like, wants to leave. So she starts, like, whipping him around the world. Because, you know, like, heaven, you can go wherever the fuck you want in, like, any time period. So she, like, starts whipping him around the world. And, like, he definitely knows what she's doing. But, like, it's just kind of like, ah, like, if it makes you happy. But at the end, she, she like, says this. I, I literally wrote it down because I was like, oh, like, I think that sums oh it up God. nicely. So she says... I proposed a rule that Chidi's shouldn't be allowed to leave because it would make Eleanor sad. And I could do this forever. Zip you around the universe showing you cool stuff. And I'd still never find the justification for getting you to say. Because it's a selfish rule. I owe you to let you go. So it's like, nicely sums it up. You know, like, she like, uh, she doesn't, she doesn't owe him. But for his sake and not hers. Yeah, not hers. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I thought it was like a nice little, nice little notion. That is. It also reminds me of the book I'm reading. Just like someone important passed away. Oh. And this other important person related to that person was like obviously grieving for a long time, but to him it's like it's my responsibility to let you go and I need to think from the person who passed away's per- perspective like you would want me to just live my life and you wouldn't want to see me like this so it's my like I owe it to you to like let you go so I can continue like being happy and like living my life as you like want me to right so yeah it's like a selflessly owing people i guess yeah that's a good way to put it the optimistic way of putting it i think it's just really hard Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't think there's any sort of right way to of us like yeah being humans in a society to like i don't think there's a right definition of how we should be good yeah other than the fact that like you can try your hardest and i think it's understandable if people do like shitty things or like things that are not right in your eyes because you never know what they're going through like 
society made it that way yeah. that we have to get around, get around buying fast fashion sometimes or, you know, passing someone on the subway. Yeah, and I <laughs> like I wouldn't say I'm the best commuter. I'm not smiling at everyone, but it's like it is what it is. You don't like you don't need to smile at anyone. Okay, I also don't think like it's anybody's like you know anybody could get on like their moral high horse and be like I'm a better human being than you. I know you don't get to say that, okay? I don't think anybody gets to say that. And I know people who think that. And it's so cringy. <laughs> Women are like, oh my god. Like, how could you even Well, people do who, that? like, post on social media about, like, one thing and they're, like, yeah. morally somehow more woke. I hate that. I know. I really hate that. That is a good way to wrap it up, I feel like. I feel like this has been a great conversation, even though half no i was not exactly about moral no literally if we didn't even like talk about it or like be like oh we're gonna do an episode about it i would never have this conversation i yeah me neither we hope that you guys learned something or just like the convo and oh i was listening to a podcast about the good place actually Mm. and even it was like with the producers and they were like we have we did not know anything about like yeah any of the they brought they in like all the all. people it was so cool yeah it's just so impressive how like they combined like the sitcom aspect with it like it was just so well made because it's like so easy to understand what was happening without yeah like it really was like um what's it called like philosophy for dummies like they they made such a like unapproachable topic so like understandable for like the mainstream public mm-hmm. right hope this inspires people <laughs> to be more kind <laughs> <laughs> anyways anyways we hope you enjoyed this like i don't know this is just a discussion we don't we don't know shit about shit yeah we really don't. One of those late night talks, you know. Holy shit, it is late. Well, next week's episode will be a lot chiller than this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I don't, think, I don't know if people are still listening at this point, but... 20 questions! With Molly and Annabelle! 20 episodes! Oh my god, can't believe it's been 20 episodes. Also, it feels like longer than that, so... It does. We get a little break from the research-heavy topics. We, we we have been doing those a lot. I really like them. I know. They're so fun. and like, I think it's more interesting than my life. It is. Right? <laughs> Nothing goes like my life. <laughs> Literally. Like, I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> every, every week, we struggle with that intro. Like, I don't know. A new show I'm watching. <laughs> you want to see something? <laughs> Either I'm reading a new book or I'm watching something else <laughs> or I ate something good, but I'm not going to say that every episode. So oh, no. I'm just past school. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways, wrap it uh, up. See you next anyways, week. Yeah. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye.